We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. Ball loose. Duarte, he knows where the clock is, lets it fly, and hits again! It's Halliburton at the buzzer, Captain Kush with another one! Brogdon goes inside, and Turner finishes! Halliburton leaves it off for Batase. Go, go! Good job! Oh, what a move by Heald, he lays it in! Heald, hotter than fish grease! Drops it off to Jalen Smith! With the poster! Jackson the catch, Jackson the basket! Washington, again. Five of them. Pacers got the steal, out running is Brissette, pounds it home. It's it to Taylor, Taylor missed it, tips it in. Warren lets it fly, yes! T.J. Warren is not human! Halliburton gonna slam it at the other end. On today's episode of Setting the Pace, you'll hear myself and Michael Focci have a live reaction to the Pacers' six overall pick. And then, as we are recapping the first pick in the second round at pick 31, we get the breaking news that the Pacers had made a trade to get back into the second round for a player that I'm very high on. You'll get a live reaction of that as well. So, hope you guys enjoy our post-draft podcast here on Setting the Pace. Thank you all so much for listening. Let's get to the podcast. All right, all right. We're here. The Sacramento Kings are on the clock. Alex, you're in Indiana right now, surrounded by a <laughs> ton of other people watching the draft. Tell me about the scene that you're at. Man, people are nervous right now, Pachi. I won't lie. We're at Ellen Porium. Uh, Adam Silver is making the announcement now. Keegan Murray going to the Kings. So that means that Jay Niner is still on the board for the Pistons, which also means Mather is there. What do you think is going to happen, Pachi? Wow. I mean, this is crazy because first thing you got to factor in that clearly no one wanted to meet the Kings demands for the fourth overall pick. So very interesting. We heard that the Pistons are in love with Matherin, but also we probably thought that they didn't think Ivy would even be available. This is where it gets crazy. I don't know what the Pistons are going to do here. Bro, this is insane, man. I, uh, I'm watching this with no notifications on. It's been a blast. I turn uh, to see what's going on. Yeah, I, I really just wanted to see what's happening. Happening. So, if I'm a little bit distracted, it's because I'm by a ton of people. But we are 
uh, just thrilled that Keegan Murray was not there at at uh, at six for us to take. I mean, there was some rumblings base was could trade up for Keegan Murray, but I think after Jaden Ivey kind of came out and said, "Yeah, I don't really want to go there," the Kings said, "We can't mess this up again and take someone that wasn't be here." They're trying to win now. Keegan Murray makes the most sense for them at that position, but. Now it just comes down to what do the Detroit Pistons do? Jaden Ivey in our division does make me nervous, but um, I, I couldn't be rooting more now for Benedict Matherin to go to the Pistons at this point. Same. I mean, shout out to Jaden Ivey hitting us with the assist, saying he doesn't want to go to Sacramento. <laughs> so I love that. <laughs> yeah. And look, Keegan Murray, look, good player, just we want someone with a higher ceiling. So, hey, good for them. Maybe a guy who's ready to help them win now. But right now, we're looking at, Alex, we have the top two guys on our big board. Yes, sir. So yes, terrible. sir. Man, between Jay Nivey and Bendik Matherin, I feel like the Pacers can't go wrong. But selfishly, I hope the Pistons take Matherin. Because yeah, I think yeah. someone that we talked about presenting borderline a godfather-like offer to the Kings. Yeah. And now we're keeping Duarte. We're keeping the other, you know, next year's first round pick and all that. And he might fall in our lap. I've said it before. The Pacers have been through so much that the basketball gods have to shine upon us sometime. And that day could be today. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And, and here's the thing. Like, if we get Benedict Mather, and like, I don't want it to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm sad about that because it's I want insane. Ivy so bad. But at the same time, what you have to realize, what if they go a different route? What oh if they God. don't take Matherin no. at, at six? Is there any possibility you think they could take? You had number three on your big board, Shaden Sharp. Look, at Shaden Sharp, I could understand the pick. I don't want to see Matherin taken. He's, then. he's number two on Billis' best available. Yeah. For whatever I, whatever I, you take credit in that. Or I definitely that. get it. But it would be crazy to see the Pistons take Matherin and us pass on Jaden Ivey. That feels like yeah. the type of thing that puts a curse on your franchise. So, look, yeah. we can't do that. But what would really take the wins out of my sale is if Jaden Ivey's there and, and we go with Dyson Daniels. Something like yeah. that. Uh, would borderline Johnny Davis. Me. Oh, my God. I can't, even, I can't even get involved in that. <laughs> look, it would break me if they took Dyson Daniels over Jaden Ivey. I can't have that happen. No offense to, to you know, Dyson Daniels. And you know how that goes. There's always going to be yeah. offense following a no offense statement. But, man, things are lining up pretty good right now, and I couldn't be happy. Yeah. Let's, let's go back to the very first pick in the draft because we had been hearing for what? Since the draft lottery that Jabari Smith was going to be the first pick in the draft. All of a sudden, shocker, Pablo Boncaro goes number one. It really made me nervous there for a second. I said, what is going to happen next? Because I had no idea. So I, I think we're all excited the fact that Chet went two, Jabari went three, and the three, the top three stage consensus. But yeah. were you at all surprised that Paulo went number one? I mean, I tweeted it out yesterday. I was like, are, do we all really think Jabari Smith Jr. is the best player in this draft? Because it didn't feel that way. Like, you and I both <laughs> felt like, man, Ben is going to be the rookie of the year next year. Or very well could be. Like, this guy yeah. just seems like he's got more in his bag right now. But I think that's a great pick for the Magic. All of a sudden now, it's like, Whoa, the Magic have a great young core together. But similar to what you said, I thought there was going to be a ripple effect. What if Jabari Smith Jr. went second? What if the Rockets passed on Chet? What if all yeah, of a sudden yeah. Chet was falling? I mean, I thought a lot of different things could have happened. Instead, yeah, that top three stayed in the top three. But, 
man, I thought it was fun to be throwing a little bit of a curveball. And just like you said, Alex, we kicked it old school. We threw it back a couple of years ago, turning off our notifications. So it felt yeah. cool to really see it happen in real time. Yeah, for sure. Well, the good news is that each red piston's thick as in 5G. So, you know, it was cool to be surprised. This draft has me on the edge of my seat because we've been talking about it for so long now, you know, the last month. I'm just – I'm ready for us to finally figure out who's going to be on our team. So, um, yeah, Kendrick Perkins, uh, we really don't care what you have to say right now. We just oh, want to hear the picks. So. Any second. Uh, this is, this is nerve-wracking. I know. What do you think? You think they're going Ivy? It'd be hard for them to pass them up. Ah, uh, I'm really nervous. What do you think? Shaden Sharp has a surprise pick here from I mean, Detroit? I don't think so. I don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> but, oh, man. I, it's Wouldn't it be, be funny if they took, like, a Jalen Dern after everybody thought they were going oh. to DeAndre Aiden? Yeah, yeah. That would, that would be very funny. And I, I'd love it if they would do that. But, man, it, it feels like this is dragging on. This pick, it might have only been in for the last 30 seconds, but it felt like 10 minutes. Man, this picture of Jaden Ivey with his head down, I have no idea what this means. But to me, it feels like he's going five for sure. I think he's going I five. Have. He's also talked up Detroit big time. To, I yeah, wonder if he, he had a promise. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if he had a promise at five. Oh, my God. He's going here. I, that head's down way too much. It's either that yeah, he's getting go. very emotional or. Here we go. The pick is in. With the fifth pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select. Jaden Ivey from Purdue University. Jaden Ivey goes to uh, Purdue. I'm going to go to the Pistons. <laughs> all, right, uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. You know what? You know, okay, okay. He is Look, crying, yeah. bro. He is crying hardcore. There was a, an all let out here at the restaurant. Oof. I think uh, we got some Purdue fans that are just feeling the emotions. But um, Matt Painter is there, too. Wow, yeah, he is emotional. I okay. wonder if we would have got that same emotion coming to Indiana. I hope we hey. would have, but we'll never hey. know. I'd be crying tears of joy if the Kings passed on me too, brother. <laughs> I would be yeah. crying so hard. Thank exactly. God. He like, knew that's probably how Sabonis felt when he got told he was getting traded. <laughs> yeah, he knew once he made it to pick five, he said, Mama, we made it. We ain't going to Sacramento. But, okay, brother, uh, so here we are, pick six. Are we all in on Benedict Matherin now? I am all in on Benedict Matherin. I, I planted my flag on that a long time ago when it felt like there was a small glimmer of hope of Jaden Ivey. You know, I started to go back and forth a little bit. I'm all in on Benedict Matherin. If it's going to be one other guy, I'm cool with Shaden Sharp here. Yeah, well, yeah that's kind of – that's how I feel. I mean, I, uh, I, I think Matherin makes the most sense here. He had the best workout according to Scott Agnes for the Pacers. So that to me is at least noteworthy considering that they brought him in for a private Did workout. He, or was it Dyson Daniels having the greatest workout the Pacers have ever seen? Well, because that's 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 what uh, Scott did say. Though. He said, he said, I heard about this uh, whole Dyson Daniels having the greatest workout. He said, that's hyperbole. He said, I was told Matherin had a better workout. Okay, good. That makes me feel Ag a little bit better. Agnes has been saying for the longest, for the last couple of days now, Matherin is the guy. So, I, I mean, if so. there's anybody that knows him, uh, knows the Pacers, what they're thinking, I'm going to trust – I'm going to trust Scott on this. Because, you know, Scott's just one of the most trusted reporters we have covering the team now. But my gut all day has been saying, don't be surprised at the Shade and Sharp because I think Kevin Pritchard is very intrigued by the mystery box that is Shade and Sharp. And, uh, you know, when we talked to Isaiah Jackson, you know, he said, I know he can play defense, seven-foot wingspan – Mm -hmm. Six foot five, six foot six. I mean, he's got what you want, but you know, all I gotta say is the central division. We're in a 
we're in a bit of trouble now if Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey in the same oh, division. We really are. We really are. I mean, it's going to be scary. It's going to be tough to, to face Ivy that many times per year. But we've talked about it before, Alex. I don't remember the last time or any time that the Pacers have drafted someone that you or I have been all in on. And this has yeah. that opportunity to do it. So it's please, please don't, don't, don't there be a wild card in there. I don't want to be the guy that starts off hating Dyson Daniels or anything like that. Good player and everything like that. Just for right now, I'm sorry, but I want Benedict Matherman. But what I will say on Shaden Sharp, Shaden Sharp for a pick like that, you nail that pick. Jobs are secure. That is the type yeah. of pick. That can have Kevin Ooh. Pritchard signing an extension. Thick is in. Thick is in, Fox. I don't know if Ooh. you see that up there. but uh, I guess I must be about a second or two behind you, but what that means is that the Pacers ain't using the full clock. They know who they want. Okay. That makes me feel good. I'm excited, man. This is uh, very nerve-wracking. You know, hey, they promised us trades. They, uh, we thought there was going to be trades left and right, but so far, nothing. The Pacers ain't wasting the last three minutes for their pick. I mean, hey, any second – I know. I got my fingers no. crossed. I got my fingers crossed. Please no. Please no. If it's Dyson Daniels, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the Michael Scott clip of him screaming no when he sees Toby <laughs> in this uh in this uh, podcast just for all the listeners. <laughs> uh man, this is this is nerve wracking, man. It's really six. Is. It's so good to see the blue and gold up there, man. Though I know, I, love, I know. I love this that early? combination. Ooh. Oh man. Well, I'm hoping everybody enjoys this live reaction. Uh, sorry if the background noise here is a little bit loud for me. Uh, but um, definitely want to give a shout-out to uh, B. Gluka and Shady Buffalo Podcast. They've been on the, uh, the show a couple times over the last couple months, and they are here with me at Hell Emporium watching this. So uh, awesome, awesome. I just want to give shout them a shout-out. You know, they're being quiet for me. I, <laughs> I, uh, I feel bad, but, you know, it's wow, for the pod, got- man. They got A.J. Griffin above Benedict Matherin right now in the best available. Come on, Jay Bylas. Come on. Jay Bylas. Come on. The pick is in. The pick is in. Who are we taking? Please give me Matherin. With the sixth pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the Indiana Pacers select Benedict Matherin from Montreal, the NBA Academy Latin America, and the University of Arizona. All right. Let's go. I have waited so long to get the guy that I wanted, and we finally got him. Bro, you've been been driving that train for so long, Oh, my God. Choo. Yes. Choo. Wow. (laughs) Choo-choo, baby. Oh, Oh, yes. Look at him. He's about to cry, brother. It is a proud day to be a Pacer fan. I'm telling you right now, Matherin looked swaggy as can be today. I mean, man. oh, on and off the court, hey. the man's got it going on. Evan Pritchard loves his Pac-12 players. Chris Duarte, Pac-12 last year. Aaron Holiday, Pac-12. And once again, TJ Leaf, Pac-12. Oh, EK Bogu, Pac-12. I'm just saying, <laughs> they like the Pac-12, man. So uh, this is a guy that I think is the perfect fit for this team. He was on our cover of our Setting the Pace draft yep. guide. He is the guy. Uh, let me uh, – let me uh, just catch my breath here, man. This is unbelievable. That hat looks so good on him, bro. <laughs> oh, I love seeing the emotion, right? I mean, just he's got the emotion. It's it's real. This is someone. This is a two-way player right here. This is going to oh, be man. a core piece of what we are doing moving forward. I mean, I told you some of the comparisons they had for him. 
Paul George, a taller Bradley Beal. I mean, like, whoa, whoa. You know, I mean, I'll take those comparisons because for Paul Bancara, I don't know if you saw, the comparisons were Michael Beasley and Ben Simmons. And it's like, that better be on the court because, you know, both guys, uh, you know, a couple couple questions over there. But Benedict Matherin, I don't have any questions. We just got answers. <laughs> exactly, Blatchy, man. It's going to be so fun to see him and Halliburton together. He's got some nasty athleticism. He has got that it factor. I'm telling you, they're comparing him right now to OG Ananobi. I love the comparison. The Pacers missed out on Ananobi back yes, in 2017. Um, and doesn't have the injury history that Ananobi's had either. So, um, wow, this is a great pick. No offense, Dyson Daniels, but I'm glad you're not a Pacer. <laughs> I got a smile ear to ear right now, a Christmas Day smile. Oh, man, amazing. this is great. All right. Well, thank God for Sacramento taking Keegan Murray. Look, when we did our mock draft, you had Keegan Murray going to the Kings, and I was teasing you about it. But, hey, you called it, man. You knew exactly what was going to happen. Oh, man, I, re I really hoped so. And I just felt like no one was going to answer that Sacramento bluff. We knew they yeah. wanted Murray right over there. And, uh, man, everything added up. Think about it this way. Guys, I want to put it this way. Yes, we didn't get Jaden Ivey, but you know what we did get in return? We're keeping next year's pick. We're keeping guys oh, like yeah. Duarte. Like, we still got a ton of assets to be able that's, to now move and get that second pick that we're looking for. Yeah. So, no, that's great. That's great, Flashy. A great point because I'm not giving up future draft capital to move up to get Ivey. You got all your picks. If next year is, once again, a rebuild, then you have a really good shot at landing in the top six, seven again, hopefully – for 2023. So this is just step one. Benedict Matherin, I, I love this pick so much. Um, you know, he wasn't number one, but hey, what's better than number one? Number two. And that's what we got, brother. So, uh, you know, the Jaden Ivey thing felt real for a second, but we knew it was very unrealistic. So um, that's that's where we're at, man. That's where we're at. Matherin, baby, this is it. I'm, I'm getting the jersey, Flashy. I am getting the jersey. I told you right now, as we're recording this, I'm wearing a Danny Granger jersey from like 2009. All right? So it's like I need to upgrade because I, I'm it's too soon to wear the Oladipo. I've been burned. Paul George, I keep it in the back of the closet. I ain't ready yet. So it's just like I need someone that I can sink my teeth into. This is a potential franchise-changing player that's going to be here for the next few years, and I think I finally found my next jersey. Bro, I love it, man. We'll have to get one, and maybe we should wait to see what kind of city edition jerseys come out before we buy one because these uh, these retro jerseys could come back, make a, make a really cool Benedict Mathern jersey. But uh, let's take a quick break, Pachi, when we come back. We will recap what else the Pacers did in this trip. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Face. Fachi, we are here to recap the draft. It was a fun one tonight. A lot of unexpected moves that we didn't see coming. Yeah, very true. An interesting draft. I don't know exactly how to label this. First, I thought it was going to be like March Madness. I thought there was going to be trades galore here, there, that. Nope, there really wasn't for a while. And then there was some trades. But overall, I think, long story short, the Pacers got their guy in the end. They said that Benedict Matherin was the guy they wanted all along, and they got him. Yeah, I, I think the, you have to be super happy with who the Pacers got at six. Now, I think everybody thought the Pacers were going to be so aggressive and get all these other lottery picks. There was a chance they could have gotten Miles Turner, moved off the books, and got a couple first-round picks from Charlotte or maybe Malcolm Brogdon for 10 or 11. But I, I think the more and more I heard the noise of Malcolm Brogdon being shopped, it felt like it was less likely to happen. And I think we can kind of just look at what the Pistons got back for Jeremy Grant, what the Rockets got for Christian Wood. Those were not good values in terms of what they got back pick-wise. So I think right now it was probably smart for the Pacers to hold off on trading Malcolm Brogdon because there's a lot of teams that are going to be trying to create some cap space to go after the Colin Sextons, the Jalen Brunsons. And when those teams strike out on those type of players, I think they might be more willing to spend a little bit more money for a guy like Malcolm Brogdon at that point. Look, it's the only thing that we can hope because veteran players were getting, you know, traded for bags of chips. Whatever you can get out of a vending machine is what you were getting in return for a guy like Jeremy Grant, Christian Wood, like you mentioned. So for Brogdon, man, I almost feel I almost feel like I got to wipe off the, the clown face paint on right now. I was thinking, are we going to get a lotto pick for him? And then I sold myself, what about 16 from Atlanta? And then it was like, no, 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 no. I don't think we're getting anything for him tonight. So I, I think over there, it made sense for sure not to trade Turner for anything that's not even worth it. The Pacers can wait on Turner, let him be able to play with uh, you know, Tyrese Halliburton. But I feel like as it relates to Brogdon, man, we'll get into it a little bit with the Pacers, uh, you know, second pick later on. But it just feels like it's a matter of time. They'll find the right offer. And clearly that offer was not available tonight. Well, and that's the thing. Like the offseason has like this is like night one, basically, of the offseason. Yep. Everybody, everybody's excited. Everybody's like, okay, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? And 
when you hear all the rumors and everything and then nothing happens, like, come on, half the time these rumors that get put out there, number one, they get put up there for a reason. They get put up there to create drama, to create noise. But also think about last year. How many times did we hear the same rumor that Indiana was looking to trade pick 13 for Eric Gordon? And we were all like, what are we doing? That's just such a stupid idea. And it didn't happen. So, look, I understand that, hey, I, I definitely think it makes sense to move off of Malcolm Brogdon. You talked about Afachi, the second, uh, the first pick in the second round who we got. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but that almost solidifies that there's going to be some changes made. I just, I think now it's all about just waiting for that right deal to happen and, and not overreacting to them, not being maybe as aggressive as Kevin Pritchard put out there on night one. But I'm surprised they didn't trade pick 31 to try to get back into the first round, Fachi. But at the same time, contract-wise, it benefits the Pacers to to keep that pick. So uh, it wasn't necessarily the worst thing that happened. I just – I kind of wish they would have gone for maybe a bigger player in that position. I completely agree. And let's just get into it at this point. The Pacers yeah. at 31, they select Andrew Nemard from Gonzaga. This was a guy that was scheduled to work out for the Pacers twice – Ended up just working out with him once. Clearly, they had some sort of familiarity with there where they at least got to see him. This is someone that the ceiling, I don't know how high it is because he's already 22. He was a senior, started his career at Florida, you know, finished at Gonzaga. Someone that, you know, labeled as a couple things that will go in that we like, labeled as a floor general, someone that could play defense, get some deflections, get up and down the court, had a really good combine game. This was someone that I want to get the specific numbers out there because I believe it was 28 points and 11 assists. Okay, 26 points, 11 assists in one of the NBA NBA combine games. So you got to love that. Shot 38%, 38% from three this year, but the sample size over his career, not that great. I, I, I got to be honest, I was not in love with this pick. It makes me feel like Brogdon is definitely on his way out because you're getting point guard depth. But Alex, there was some talent on the board still available. A couple guys that we liked. And also just to get into it real quick, Ty Ty Washington, who was viewed most of the year, one of the better point guards in the draft, goes at pick 29. Where was the yeah. aggressiveness there? <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it makes you wonder, like, okay, could they not have been more aggressive to get into the first round? But there's a lot of movement going on there with Minnesota, and um, I believe it was Memphis. Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to think of who the other team was there. Houston, obviously. So, yep. you know, there's a three-team deal that happened there. And I, I think, you know, I think Houston did a great job. We'll get to the teams did. that did well in the draft but um, later. But I'll just say at 31, like, you know, I understand that Brogdon's probably on the way out and, and the Pacers desperately needed a third string point guard last year when it came to, you know, trying to find that guy, because look, how many times did we have to see Brad Wanamaker play oh my God. or, you know what I'm saying? Like just having to go and find these filling, filling gap point guards at the, at the third string position. Like I, I think at one point uh, we didn't even have anybody like Levert was playing third string point guard. So, this is where the Pacers are like, okay, Nimhard can play this third-string point guard spot behind McConnell and behind Tyrese Halliburton. So, you know, it, it's it's a second-round pick. It's not the end of the world. I just felt like with their limited depth up front in the front court, you know, 
there's potential they could move on from Goga. Obviously, we like Isaiah Jackson, but I still feel like going after a guy that we both had on our big board, EJ Liddell. This is someone to me that just feels like a guy that um, really took that next step at Ohio State. I was completely surprised he was still on the board at pick 31. I wasn't surprised that Kendall Brown was on there from Baylor because he had some offensive, like, you know, flaws to his game. But I just like the upside at wing, and I feel like this is like Kevin Durant tweeted it. This is a wing-driven league, and we walk away with a point guard in, in the beginning of the second round. After after getting Matherin, who's more to me, not necessarily a wing, but kind of a wing, he's mm-hmm. wingish, guardish. Yeah. He's kind of a tweener. So for me personally, I would have preferred going a little bit bigger there with Liddell, but, you know, I'm not going to sweat up. You know, I'm not going to get worked up about it, you know. But uh, I, I do think there's potential that we see, okay, if they bring Jalen Smith back, if they make a trade for Brogdon and get somebody back that's at that position, it'll all it'll all balance out, trust me, by the time the season starts. It's just got to remind yourself it's just night one of the offseason. It is just night one, but you and I, we really were high on EJ Liddell, maybe higher than others, but we're talking about a guy that had versatility. He could defend multiple positions. Someone that at 6'7 was actually playing center for a while before switching over to forward. He shot 38% from three. Look, there's a lot to like. I felt like that would have been a great pick. Maybe the Pacers do kind of, you know, not to say do kind of, they know they have better insight, but maybe it's TJ Warren coming back. Maybe it's Jalen Smith coming back and they felt like that wasn't really a position they were going to need to address. But as we're recording this right now, they are up to pick 42 and EJ Liddell and Kendall Brown are still on the board. So it's like, hey, Pacers, KP, if you talked about being aggressive, now's the time to at least move up a little bit. Package 58 and, and another second round pick. See what you can do because there's still some real good talent available. And I, I feel like that would be some of the icing, you know, on the draft because I want to make no mistake. I'm in love with the Matherin pick, but then it's I waited and I waited and I waited again. And I was like, when are we going to make another move? And I think it almost kind of sucked a little bit of the air out temporarily. You know, tomorrow we'll wake up, Benedict Matherin will be a pacer. But we waited for a long time to make a move, and we saw talent slip and slip away. So, overall, I'm happy with what we did, but I felt like we could have done a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, sure, you can be nitpicky here. We could. I love what they did. They yeah. got freaking Benedict Mavericks. Ah, it's unbelievable. Okay? It really is. So, let's just, like, let's just quit worrying about pick 31 because at the end of the day, like, this to me is, like, very reminiscent to, like, when Dallas got Jalen Brunson, okay, like it's not a sexy pick, but look what Jalen Brunson became. Like um, our good friend uh, Richard Stamen from Mavs Draft said uh, on a tweet, this is such a Carlisle pick. So I, I reached out to him and I said, okay, I need some help. Give me some, you know, give me some of your scouting reports on Nimhard because I need to know more about this player, right, mm-hmm. obviously. I'm not as I didn't really look at adding another point guard like in the second round of somebody that we really needed. You saw you saw and heard my big board. I was very adamant about getting wings. So yep. here's what here's what he had to say. I'll just throw this out there real quick. He said that his tools are playmaking and a high IQ, good basketball IQ. The pros, great vision, excellent playmaker, has a tight handle, good floater, thrives in the pick and roll, good instincts on defense, times his shot contest well. Sharp basketball IQ, 
Reliable scoop move on drives has a mini post game. Here are the cons. Low release, poor mechanics on a jump shot, shooting against tight defense, short frame, often on his heels on defense, poor finisher around the rim, and he wrote freshman year. And then he said, can struggle to recover on hard change of directions on drives. Fachi, I heard some people say that it's uh, similar to Malcolm Brogdon, but at the same time, I'm kind of hearing a little bit of TJ McConnell here. Yeah, I, I really – it does – there's a lot of McConnell vibes over there, especially like the floor general type, you know, situation like that. I mean, you know, if we want to go true point guards, he was someone that was ranked a bit higher because this draft class was very weak in the point guard, you know, category over there. But, yeah, there's some things that he does well. Obviously, whenever you go through the negatives, then, man, all of a sudden I, I kind of soured on him a little bit. But we got to give him a shot. We got to know that this is not someone who's drafted to be our starting point guard or even our backup point guard. This is the third-string point guard here at 31. So we can't be too hard on him. I know Pacer fans, you know, we we, we love to bicker and find some way that we're not, not going in the right direction. But this was a, a big day for the franchise. Hey, Nemard, I, I, I can I can live with it. I can live with it at 31. It, it's it's going to be all right. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. I, I think he's one of those guys that, you know, it's it's not going to matter that much later in the bigger spectrum of things. And if he turns out to be somebody that's good, then that's interesting. Now, I, since he's very similar to McConnell, I have to wonder, do you think there's any chance that they look at moving McConnell possibly? I do. I think we're entering a youth movement. I think today, you know, was just the offers were not there. And I respect that. We, we've we've always heard before, you don't make a trade just to make a trade. KP even said that himself on our show, that it's just like, don't trade Turner for just, you know, like the 26th overall picker or something like that. And I think when it comes down to, to Brogdon, there might not have really been many offers at all there. So when you look at them, McConnell, it's like, hey, at this point, the Pacers, I think they're going to be making some trades this offseason. McConnell could be a guy who's on his way out. I think a lot of teams will will have a need for him. The salary is very, very, very reasonable for teams to be able to take on as there's really not a lot of teams that can acquire you know a salary like Brogdon unless – you know, we're taking back a you know, decent amount. So I think McConnell and, um, you know, Brogdon could be on their way out. Wouldn't be surprised if they do keep McConnell for that veteran, you know, you want that veteran guard on, on the team. So, but anything's on the table. Anything really is. I, I do think a youth movement is on its way. And to tell you the truth, it's long overdue. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens because, like, Mather to me is a guy that could be win now to a certain degree and so could – uh, Nimhard being like a win now player, like are they fully bought into this rebuild, Fachi? Are they really going that way? I'm still going to have to see what happens in the offseason. But, I mean, look, look at all the rumors that we heard about that were going to happen tonight, like with all these big-name players getting traded and nothing happened big-name really. I mean, who was the biggest pick or biggest person or player traded? Kimball Walker, DeAnthony Melton? Like those were, the, that were, those were the names on teams that were dealt today when we had been hearing all week long about John Collins and, you exactly. know, Malcolm Brogdon, nothing. Gordon Hayward, nothing, Eric Gordon, like all this stuff, it's just all talk to get people going. So, I mean, OG Ananobi was another guy that was mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I guess Jeremy Grant did get traded. I'll give you that. But, you know, I'm just saying in tonight's draft, there was nothing drastic. And it happens every year like that. We always get excited about the potential. But then, you know, 
I think teams value picks more than they do players that could acquire with those picks. So um, you want to get into maybe some of the other teams that kind of impress you tonight? Absolutely. So, yeah, coming through it, you know, look, we've gone through some of the picks in the beginning. I, I do think that, you know, starting from the top, Paul Bancaro going number one. Great move for the Magic. Love it. OKC made an interesting move because not only did they take Chet at 12, but then they got bold. They you mean they, two. Chet at two. Yeah, sorry. That's what I meant. <laughs> I had two because I was going to get into it. They make the trade with the Knicks. They get Usman Jang from, from the New Zealand Breakers, a guy that we talked about the other day who has a ton of potential. When they got that move, I, I was under the impression they were giving up 12. Instead, they didn't. They took Jalen Williams, a guy that I know you were very high on, and so were a lot of other people, one of the risers in the draft. So OKC ends up then picking 2, 11, and 12. So I thought right over there, they left this draft. And they take Peyton Watson. Uh, oh, no, no, sorry. Peyton, uh, they traded that pick. Anyway, they get three really good players in this draft to add to their already young core. I loved what they did over there. But one move that I thought was very interesting – Shaden Sharp, seventh overall to Portland. What were your thoughts on that? I wasn't surprised at all, and I'll tell you why. Um, Chris Haynes on his podcast with um, Kristen Peake over at Yahoo Sports, they had mentioned that Shaden Sharp canceled a workout with the Pelicans uh, after, I think it was Tuesday, he was scheduled to work out for the Pelicans, and that workout was canceled. And they said the only reason he would have done that is if he had gotten the promise. So we knew the promise had to have come from either Indiana at six, Detroit at five, or, of course, the Blazers at seven. So I wasn't surprised by that. There was a lot of rumblings that your guy, Damian Lillard, Fachi, was very impressed by his workout. And you have to remember, Mike Schmitz was hired from, uh, from ESPN over to Portland to help with that front office. I know that he wasn't technically supposed to be helping out with this draft because of conflict of interest, obviously, all that kind of stuff. But don't get it twisted. He probably had a little bit of, you know, say in what they did, and they probably went to him for some help. So I think that and he and he loved Shaden Sharp and his potential. So to me, that didn't surprise me all the way. Um, honestly, if Sharp hits, that's a pretty good player to put in there with um, with Dame and potentially Anthony Simons, which is another name that I didn't even mention as a, a guy that a team could pursue in the point guard, uh, you know, free agency market there. So. Just just thinking about it out loud, Fachi, I actually don't hate it. I think the most surprising pick to a certain degree has to be the Kings taking Keegan Murray at four. Yeah. Um, why, like the, because yeah. – well, I'll just say this real quick because I think Jake Fisher reported this. Detroit thought they were definitely taking um, Jaden Ivey at, at four, and they were, they were set to take Jalen Duren at number five instead of getting him later in the first round, they were seriously considering that, which meant that Murray and Matherin would have been there at pick six for the Pacers. But because the Kings went ahead and took Murray at four, Ivy fell right into the laps of Detroit, and then the Pacers got their guy in Matherin. So I'm not saying it didn't work out for how all the guys wanted to work out, but, man, like, just not even, like, taking Ivy and then trying to trade it. Like, I think the Kings might have short – sold themselves here on this move. I absolutely think they did. Look, we don't know what's a smokescreen and what's not, but Woj reported just before the draft that it was like Washington, 
The Knicks and the Pacers all made offers to Sacramento for pick four, and they turned them all down. Now, when you, when if if Sacramento loved Keegan Murray that much, I honestly feel like they could have done a deal with the Pacers for something that involved six, maybe what thirty one. And then maybe they get Duarte, maybe they get something else, like something where it's like it's not the, the craziest package, 631 Duarte, maybe the Cavs pick. So maybe six the Cavs pick and 31, something that I could have lived with if we dealt that. And then they could have still took Murray at six, but they didn't. And I think mm-hmm. that is exactly why they're the Sacramento Kings. Because it's just like you always hope there's gonna be one of those things. No disrespect to Keegan Murray, but I honestly it's a guy that I wasn't in love with. So the fact that they got him out of the way nearly paved the way for Jay Nivey but it, to, go, to go to Indiana, but it definitely paved the way for Bendik Matherin to come to the Pacers. And right over there, I thought that was very surprising. This was the King's chance to really push forward, collect some assets for the future while still trying to win now. Yeah, it's very similar to what happened when they didn't take Luka Doncic and they took Marvin Bagley, right? <laughs> Oof. And I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying it like this because if they just take Luca, then make somebody trade up for him. Like, you know, they could have, they could have done the same deal that Atlanta did with Dallas. Like, you know, Dallas could have traded up to two and then you get five and then you get your shot at maybe Trey Young or whoever would have been left there at five. Maybe Marvin Bagley falls to five in that situation. Then you get the 10th pick in the next year's draft, like they ended up getting. So I just feel like, when it comes to the Sacramento Kings or any team in particular, when you know there's a guy that everybody wants, it's consensus at a certain number, and you know teams are willing to trade up for him. Like, look, the Pacers, I mean, once again, just so unlucky. Like, I think if Detroit would have been there at four, they would have just taken Ivy no matter what. So, you know, it just it just worked out where they were just one pick behind the guy they really wanted probably. Let's be honest. So, I'm just saying, if you're Sacramento, though, you're any team in that situation, you always take the best player available, in my opinion, and make a deal. Because if the Pistons had actually gone with Keegan Murray, then you just make a deal with them and you get something else in the, in, in back for it, right? So I, I just feel like they missed an opportunity to get more. They, they get their guy they want, so maybe that's all they care about. But I'm a greedy person, and when I know there's a hot asset that I could get, I'm taking it and I'm wheeling and dealing. I just think it makes too much sense to try to get something more. And, you know, I just – I think Detroit has to be the winner of this draft, Bocce. I mean, the I fact that so. they walk away with Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivey. Like, I said Mark Williams will be better than Jalen Duran, But at the same time, I just find it very interesting, you know, to get an 18-year-old center like that, 19-year-old center like that, to pair him with Cade, with Jaden Ivey, Sadiq Bay. They've got themselves a really good core. Now you have to wonder, are they going to go all in on Miles Bridges? Or are they going to go all in on DeAndre Ayton with their cap space? Now that they got that center, that could leave the DeAndre Ayton door open a little bit. It's crazy because Detroit had been in the gutter the last few years, and here they are. They really are going in the right direction. It's, it's getting a little bit scary. It really is. And just real quick, just to talk on that Jalen Duran trade, I am still puzzled that it worked out. So look at how everything happened. They flipped Jeremy Grant for Milwaukee's 2025 first round pick, which we all laughed at. It was, that's it. Then they take that 2025 first round pick. They traded to the Knicks 
for the 13th overall pick and Kemba Walker, and they get Jalen Duran. I could not believe it. It was a fantastic job of flipping assets that didn't seem like much to then get. You got the top center in the draft right over there, or you took you know the center that went first in the draft. However, you want to look at it. I believe in Jalen Duran. You saw I had him higher on on my uh, my draft board, so I, I thought that was a really good move by them. But man, it's it's scary, especially to be in the division. They got some building blocks for the future. But then when you oh, go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. No, I was going to say they, they did an excellent job um, building for the future. No, no doubt about it. And they, they still got so much money that I know you talked about it, but if they really do go forward with Aiton, all of a sudden we got to actually stop laughing at Detroit and be like, oh man, this is, this is a problem now. So, I mean, they, you know, while we talked about the Knicks for a little bit, Alex, tell me how this made sense. So the Knicks traded the 11th overall pick to OKC. Let me read what they got. They got three future first-round picks, a 2023 Denver pick, a 2023 Detroit pick, a 2023 Washington pick. Problem is, all three of those, the two out of three of those picks, the good ones, are heavily protected. I don't know what the New York was thinking. They end up not even taking a player in this draft because they just kept trading down and trading out, and it really didn't make much sense. The move behind it, everyone believes – They're looking to go all in on Jalen Brunson, who we've heard seems like a sure thing is going back to Dallas. So very interesting move by New York. I think they got to be probably the losers of the draft uh, with OKC and, you know, Detroit probably being amongst the winners, but then kind of moving down one move that we felt was very predictable. The Cavs taking Ochi. uh, Oh God. Oche Abaji. Exactly. That's, Ocha, that's you're, you're tired, bro. Ocha. It's okay. Hey, that's a tongue twister at 12 a.m. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we saw that pick going at 14, and it happened. And then yeah. Mark Williams to the Hornets. We felt like that was kind of a match made in heaven over there. We knew they had to take a center. But when they did, did it kind of feel like the end of a love story that never quite happened? I don't know if they're going to have that interest in Miles Turner again. I think that ship has sailed. Bachi, are we sure it was even selling in the first place? I don't know I mean, if it was. Someone was writing that ship, all the rumors for years. We heard it, man. but you know what? I think it's over. Kai Jones last year, Mark Williams this year. I don't think they're going to have a need for a center. And what about all that talk about dumping Hayward? I don't think that's over yet. But it sounded no, like I, I think there's plenty more moves to be made for some of these teams. So I don't think we're going to, you know, say, hey, this is the end right over here. But also, you know, we talked about it before. You got laughed off our show with A.J. Griffin at eight. He ends up sliding down to 16 to the Hawks. Yeah. What did you think of that? Yeah, that was probably the most surprising person to see fall. I kind of felt bad for him because it's like, man, like 18-year-old kid falling this far because it's knee injuries, potentially. I mean, I, I get it. You think about who was picking in the in that range before, like OKC. I didn't really see AJ Griffin as an OKC type of person. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Like it just didn't fit their mold of like what the players they usually get. And then you look at you know Charlotte. Like that was a team that to me needed a center, so they take one and they trade it. They we knew they weren't going to keep both their picks, right? I mean that was pretty obvious. They were trying to get rid of one of them to not have all that cap space, um, you know, taken up by picks. So that to me didn't surprise me. But I want to go back real quick to what you said about the Knicks being losers of this draft. I'm going to stop you in your tracks right there just because 
there wasn't anybody that made a whole lot of sense for what they need at that point. Like, sure, they could have went Jalen Durham. Sure, they could have went A.J. Griffin, all that kind of stuff. But they got three picks in next year's draft. I understand they're heavily protected. They were able to get Cam Reddish by dealing one of those picks to the Hawks last year, right? So I think that's where you kind of have to look at things. Like, now they've got three picks they can use to go make some serious moves. And I actually don't hate that idea. I think next year's draft is going to be loaded. Um, the Pistons kind of went all in on this year's draft because they don't own their pick next year. It is obviously protected now. And it was part of the Thunders, but the Thunder traded that to um, to uh, to the Knicks. So now it just kind of seems like New York positioned themselves to have the ammo to make some serious trades if they want to do it. And I think all those picks will help them um, get rid of these some of these contracts they have to free up that cap space they potentially could want if they want to make a run at Jalen Brunson. So, like, I'll just put it to you this way. Let's say, hey, they call the Pacers. They say, hey, we'll give you one of these protected 2023 first-round picks and we'll give you Nerlens Noel for Goga so we can free up, you know, $7, 8000000 million of cap space. Like, is that something that, you know, makes sense to you, Fachi, in terms of how they can go about trying to reconstruct their roster on the fly? Yeah, look, I, I do think they have many more moves to be made. The problem with those picks is due to the protections, most of them are probably going to end up being two second-round picks in the future because you're talking about you know Detroit. That pick, I want to say, is at least top 14 protected. I know it's lottery protected. So at that point, you know, you're probably not getting that pick next year. But who knows? I mean, Detroit made some steps forward, but probably not going to get that pick. Then you look at Washington. Beal all believed to be opting out. If Beal walks, the Wizards are going to be pretty terrible. So at that point, you're not getting that pick either. So I think they're probably never going to end up getting those picks. They'll probably be trade chips, just like you mentioned. So, hey, if they want to make a lot of moves like that, sure, go for it. But here's what I'll say. If you strike out, you don't get Jalen Brunson. This is a weak free agent class. So I don't know what you're going to do from there. So sure, you can have those on file. But last year, when you talked about that deal with Cam Reddish, what did they do with Reddish? A whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, but but I I think, you know, let's say they want to go after Brogdon or let's even get a little bit crazier. What if they like the idea of Kyrie Irving? I I mean, we've heard now that he's looking for a home, potentially, uh, if the Nets and him can't figure out this deal, this extension. So. What if he just says, okay, I'm going to go to the Knicks? Obviously, it doesn't seem like a great Thibodeau fit, but um, now they would be able to orchestrate a sign-and-trade and maybe give up a couple of these picks to the to the Nets. And the Nets don't really have any of their first-round picks because they sent them all away to Houston for James Harden. So this could help them get some more picks to try to rebuild their roster. I'm just saying, like, anytime you have future picks, even if there's protections on it, like, yeah, you can assume, like, oh, this might turn into two seconds. But until it does, it's still a first-round pick. So I think that having all those numerous first-round picks, like, it, it just makes it more it – very very much what the Thunder were able to do tonight because of having all those. Now the Knicks can do the same thing and making moves. They can use them as assets. And I, I actually don't hate what they did. They could have – potentially got back into the first round, maybe it was one of those picks and got a guy like Tai Washington maybe later in the first round. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, really there there wasn't a, a slam dunk fit for them in terms of players in that 10 to 15 range because we'd 
we both felt like there was a significant drop off after the top set. Absolutely. But I got to cut you off there because breaking news just now, the Pacers have made a trade and they have selected Kendall Brown at pick 48. And that's, Are you how, kidding you, me? that's how you put a stamp Kendall on. Brown, let's go, yeah. bro. This is a live reaction right here. This, Brown, this is live. This is great, everybody. Alex is finishing up his drive home right now, so he had no oh, idea. I didn't want to interrupt, but, man, this is the value pick of value picks at pick 48. You're getting someone that was big, big 12 all freshman team. You're getting someone that had legitimate first round talent. This man slid. He's six, seven and a half. He's got a six, 11 wingspan, right? He was, a, he was a, a nearly a top 15 recruit coming into college. I mean, this guy is an elite athlete who did not get to show it all last year. But the talent is there. This is a really good move for the Pacers. Oh, man, this is better than Andrew Nimmer. Way better. I would have took Brown at 31. I would have been thrilled. Yeah, no, this is somebody that I put on my top 15 big board because I just like the upside. Like, when I was talking to our friend Richard Salmon from Mavs Draft, like, at one point he was like, I have him over Jeremy Sohan. He's like, do you? And I said, you know, I've seen, and I know the Pacers, actually, if you guys remember this, the Pacers were in attendance to watch Kimball Brown. And I, and I think Mavis Draft tweeted that out, and I shared that tweet. They've liked him for a while now. So this is not a surprise to me whatsoever um, that they went back and got him. But I was just surprised that they, you know, are taking three picks in this draft. But this is an upside pick. This is a guy that I think can really develop and bloom late. This is an awesome, awesome you know, low risk, high reward type of player. Pick 48, man, I, I, I'm probably overreacting to a second round pick. I know that I am, but I've got me a draft crush on Kendall Brown and holy cow, Pachi, man, that is awesome. This is amazing. And I want to put this in perspective because one of a loyal listener of our show, his name's Patrick, tweeted at me, you know, about, I don't know, 10 minutes ago and said, you know, man, I don't know about this draft, to be honest, outside of Matherin, it's just been really, eh, I'm unhappy. And, and I saw that and I was like, okay, you know what, Pacer fans, you know, doing what we do, overreacting a little bit. And then moments later, I, I get the tweets out, he goes, Kendall Brown, Kendall Brown, like he's going to Indiana. And, and you could just, just like that, everything changed. Like the 48th pick should not have that much of an impact on your draft. But that's the icing right there as, hey, there you go, KP. Would I call it ultra aggressive? I wouldn't. But it's semi-aggressive, and I love every second of it. So great yeah. pick right there. This is another guy that can build with this team. And most you know, most sites, a lot of them had him as the fifth best small forward behind guys like A.J. Griffin, Usman Jang, Jeremy Sohan, Nikola Jovic, and then there's Kendall Brown, and you're getting them at pick 48. I love it. Faji, this is the Edmund Sumner pick from Ooh. 2017. Ooh. Edmund Sumner was a guy that had a lot of upside, but he had a lot of injuries, and so they were able to get him and trade back into the first, second round to get him, and it took him a couple years to develop, but once he did, he really shined, and fans liked him. I'm telling you, Kendall Brown, is going to be a special player for this Pacers team. He's going to have an impact at some point. He'll probably spend a lot of time in the G League, probably won't get a ton of playing time right away. But I'm telling you, this kid is special, Fachi. I see the upside in him. I've been a big believer in him for a while now. 
And yeah, Kendall Brown stock for me is through the roof. Uh, Summer League is going to be a blast. It really is. I can't wait to see this young core together because it's just, man, there's there's a couple things we got to work out first because I got people saying things like, what if Brogdon comes off the bench? It's like, look, Brogdon ain't coming off the bench. I, I, I find that hard to believe. You know, it's going to be interesting. But I want to see just a full display of the youth. Summer League, it's going to be fantastic. Last year, just seeing Isaiah Jackson, Chris Duarte out there, I mean, it was electric. But this year, I just feel like, you know, we, we got a couple other younger guys in there. Like, do we see an Isaiah Jackson Summer League? I don't really know about that. But even last year, some of the undrafted guys, Dwayne Washington Jr. looked good. I know Terry Taylor had some injuries, but he was still on that roster. It's just, man, Summer League is going to be fun, and I'm already looking forward to it. Well, absolutely, Fachi. Yeah, this is going to be a fun team to watch. In the Summer League, we've got, you know, a quality point guard and then her leading the pack. You've got Benedict Matherin now. You've got Kendall Brown. And, of course, we'll see if guys like Isaiah Jackson, Dwayne Washington, I mean, this could be the G, this could be the the summer league champions. I'm not Ooh. over. I'm not trying to get too excited, but they've got a lot of chemistry together. I'll be interested to see how they go about, you know, dispersing those minutes and what they do. But overall, Fachi, I, I'm pretty sure we're done. I can't imagine we make any more draft picks tonight. But, yeah. No. Uh, with these three players, okay, I would definitely rank a Matherin, Brown, and Nimhard. But at the same at the same point, I really just like the. Um, this to me is a pretty good draft. I don't want to give it a grade yet, but maybe yet. next week I'll, I'll give it a grade. But so far, I uh, I'm very I'm very pleased with the guys are walking away with. Even it makes 31 not feel as lackluster in my opinion. Now that we got Kendall Brown. I completely agree, and and it's so good that we we didn't stop recording the podcast earlier because <laughs> you know that's the kind of pick that changes the perception of it. We went from a you know, hey, we had a home run at six, but then after that, eh, to now all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 I love what we're doing. This is great. Okay. So we got two guys that were, you know, that are in, uh, you know, in regards to Matherin, who while he was a sophomore, you know, sure, still young, that Nemar, you're, you're getting a guy that's 22 years old, but then you're getting Kendall Brown, who you're, you're taking the swing on. Now, we didn't take a swing for the fences, but we took a swing at a, at a, a very reasonable time to say, if it doesn't work out here, who cares? We're bringing in talent, and in my opinion, I think he was probably the best player left on the board. I know Jay Bilas had him, uh, you know, number one on his board at the time. Um, so I feel like at that point, you can't argue with it. 48, pick 48, got to love it. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Fachi. So I think that wraps up all that we have to say. We got the live reaction to Mather and stuff. You got the live reaction to Kendall Brown. Um, a quick reaction to the, the Nimhart stuff and talked about him, but we will definitely go more in depth with these with these prospects as we hear more from them in their media day with the Pacers and stuff like that next week. But Pachi, it's just I'm glad the draft is over. I'm glad we know what guys we can start rooting for and start investing in. But man, Matherin has been a guy that we were really interested in from the get go. We did a draft duels on him and Johnny Davis, talking about the two of them and and why we preferred Matherin over Davis, and really just kind of gush about Matherin that whole time. So. Uh, I'm sure we'll get more into that, but man, I just, I'm walking away tonight as a Pacers fan, feeling extremely happy with the moves they made. And although they didn't make any massive trades in terms of a Brogdon or a Turner or a McConnell or Buddy Heald or any of the veterans of this team, it's brighter than it was, you know, just, just 24 hours ago. 
We protected our assets. I love it. We got the guy that we wanted, which still doesn't feel real. It really doesn't. I'm convinced if I turn to Babe one more time and I tell her, Babe, we got him. We got Matherin. I think she might kill me. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how many times I kept just turning to her because I didn't have anyone else here next to me to turn to and, and let them know. Just it's it just it's, it's going to be the first thing that I wake up to tomorrow being like, KP and the front office got their guy. They got the guy that we all wanted. And last year when we were banging the table for Moses Moody, Moses Moody, and, and it didn't happen, it was like, man, like, is this front office listening? And look, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But at the same point, they knew talent when it walked in the building. It was the guy they wanted all along, and they went out and they made sure they got him. So at that point, Hey, it's a great day to be a Pacer fan. I think the best is ahead. I think we're getting off that treadmill of, you know, not to say mediocrity, but being a very average 500 team. And we raise the ceiling for this team moving forward. Absolutely, Fachi. It's been a fun one to, to talk about, to cover. But now we get to see what's going to happen in the offseason. And that's what I'm focusing on moving forward. But we'll be extremely excited to continue to know more about these prospects and you know, you said it. You said it best. We we got ourselves a stud in Matherin. Um, it's just unbelievable that we we actually got him. I was so nervous that he wouldn't be there. So many rumblings about Detroit liking him and how great of a workout he had at five. And I'm hoping he makes Detroit, you know, eat their words and not taking him. And now we got ourselves a fun little duel here between the Pacers and the Pistons. You got Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey versus Matherin and Halliburton. Um, you know, they, they were the higher picks, but hey, I would I can't wait to see how these two teams play each other because Detroit's Detroit kicked our butt this year when we faced them. So we're gonna have to really step up our game. And uh I think the best way to do that is just, you know, make this personal. But I'm I'm gonna call it now. Uh Benedict Matherin is going to be Anthony Edwards of the Eastern Conference. That's my bold prediction. And I believe in the upside, I believe in the swag, I believe in the confidence. Benedict Matherin, I don't care where Jay Billis had a man on his, you know, top 10 available. If he was from Duke, he would have been number three probably. So can't even take any stock in that. But I'm just going to put it this way. I think he's going to be Anthony Edwards of the Eastern Conference. And that's my bold prediction. Hey, I love it. I'd take that all day. I mean, it's a bold prediction. But, hey, if it even comes close to paying off, we're all going to be happy. But regardless, great day to be a fan. We waited for it. You know, some good luck eventually had to fall to us, had to be on our side. Today was the day. Everyone listening to this, every Pacer fan, we've all been through a lot. I'm telling you, Benedict Matherin is a really special talent that to be able to come through Indiana, not just come through like got picked, wanted to be here. The feeling was mutual. Said he's going to give us his heart. He's going to give us everything. He was immediately FaceTiming with Tyrese Halliburton. Like, this could be the duo for years and years to come. And I gotta see it. I gotta see him on the court. I know it's gonna be a while, but that's the excitement that I have. And that's the excitement that uh, many other Pacer fans have. And we haven't had that in a little bit of time. It's been a bit. Oh, absolutely, Fachi. It's the most exciting time to be a Pacer fan. So with that being said, um, Fachi, let people know where they can find us out on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at 
underscore F-A-C-C-I. You could find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Check us out on YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast. And Fachi, if you are excited that Bendig Matherin is officially a member of the Indiana Pacers, say these three words. Let's go Pacers! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.